Today on the show, we're talking about how misery is better than mediocrity. Welcome to Simple Money Solutions Podcast, your path to financial independence through deliberate lifestyle choices. My name is Courtney, I'm your host, and I'm joined with my host, Trevor. And today on the show, we're talking about how misery is better than mediocrity. And I think this is a good topic. I mean, in a perfect world, life would be unicorns and rainbows all day long, but that isn't reality. And I really think that misery has its place in in the peaks and valleys of our lives. And it really, it it does a lot of things for us. It strengthens our, our will. It, it, it tests our adversity. It tests our mettle and it, it makes the good times even brighter. So we're in a time of misery without question. And I mean, too much misery is not good for anybody, but I think misery, it serves a purpose. So before we jump into today's show, Trevor and I spend time uh, monthly thinking of what kind of shows we want to create for you and what direction we want to head in. So during this time, we thought we'd reach out to you for your feedback on that. Well, and we want to reach out to you because a lot of times, you know, we'll do an episode on how to save money. Well, if you're not making money, if you got no income, an episode on how to save money is, is a waste of time, right? That, that, that That's not serving anybody. So in these trying times, I know the kind of things that are weighing on my mind, but I, I'd like to reach out to you, you, the listener, and say, what's what's troubling you? What's What's weighing on your conscience? What are you struggling with? given the circumstances we're living under. So you can reach out to us in a multitude of ways. So we are on Facebook and Instagram. You can always send us a message on those platforms. We are at Simple Money Solutions. You could reach out to us uh, via email at livelifesimple365 at gmail.com. Or you can head over to our website and we have a contact submission form on there. Our website is livelifesimple.ca, but we will have all the links on all the ways that you can get in, in touch with us over in our show notes. You can refer to that after the show. So Trevor, I want to dive into today's episode. So I'll run through the overarching headings or sections that we will be touching on today. So we're going to open up by just really talking about what is misery. We're going to move on to talking about where does misery come from and then why we should actually embrace misery. And finally, we're going to talk about how to actually do that, how to actually embrace misery. So let's let's start off by talking about what is misery. So for the purpose of talking about what is misery, I've kind of strung together my own definition and interpretation of misery. So I just want to kind of toss that off you for, for your feedback on that. So I feel that misery is a strong feeling or sense of being unfulfilled, hopeless, discontent, or unhappy due to perceived or real circumstances. So I think misery, that's a pretty solid definition without question. But I think misery, for a lot of people, it could be just as simple as discomfort. You know, being in a situation that they're not comfortable with. And that the longer you're in that, so you you go from discomfort and extended periods of discomfort I think creates the frame, the groundwork for misery. So you feel that 
so I guess to, to kind of re- retrace my steps, I threw in the word strong because, I mean, I've misery in, in my mind is this kind of extreme emotion, like you said, that makes you uncomfortable. But are you saying then that misery, it doesn't have to be this this strong emotion, it just has to be simply one that we perceive more as negative or bad? Well, I think misery, it's a state of misery is when the discomfort is for such a period of time that it's unsustainable. You can no longer endure it. And this is where the the launching pad for change comes. So misery is the launching pad of change for a lot of people. And, and I, so when you say strong, I agree with that part of your definition. I think it needs to reach a point where you just can't stand it anymore. A situation has has either lingered longer than you can endure or its intensity has reached a level that you can no longer endure. So two things from that. I like that you brought in the idea, kind of more of a time idea, in the fact that we can endure really uncomfortable situations, but only for a certain period of time before it becomes unbearable. So I like that time element. You also mentioned change. Do you believe then that all change comes from a place of misery or that simply change is a great place for change to come from? As a society, in Western society, I mean, maybe the whole world, we tend to look for a place of comfort, a place where we will be comfortable. And it's easy just to ride in that that groove of comfort. And some people would say, if if you're in it too long, it becomes a rut. But just to ride in that groove of comfort and not really stepping outside of your comfort zone and accomplishing anything significant. This is where mediocrity lives. It's this thing. But, you know, we were talking about strong and and I said, it kind of comes in, misery will come in one of two ways usually. It comes either a very intense, uncomfortable situation or a prolonged, uncomfortable situation. And I think what we have right now going on in, in this crisis is it's, we have something that's very intense. It's creating a lot of hardship for people, intense hardship. And we don't know how long it's going to last. So this looks like it's going to be intense and long. And that's a double whammy. So this, this is misery in its most intense form. And, and going back to the idea that, I mean, we are facing a circumstance where both both elements, as you described, are layered on top of each other. I mean, is there a point where misery just makes you more miserable? Is there is there kind of a threshold where when you move past that, it's no longer this this kind of motivating force for change, but simply just something that's bringing you down? Well, let, let's use an example. Just say you've been working a soul-crushing job for five years, and it's just a job that you just, you you despise, but you're comfortable there. You know what's expected of you. You you know you you just have to. You figured out what the bare minimum is, and you just come in and and present yourself and do your thing and go home. But it, it's kind of a soul crushing job, and that you don't really get any joy out of the job. Like every job has parts you don't like, but this job has no parts you like. Right? It's just, you can just come in and and do your thing and go home. To me, that's mediocrity in in its most typical form. Now, given the, the circumstances we're under right now, let's just say you've been laid off or your business has closed. So that on the surface looks like misery. You know, you've lost a, a good paying, let's call, 
call it a good paying job. Now you're, you, you, you're in a situation where now you have no income. So a, a, a paycheck from a soul crushing job on the surface looks better than no paycheck from a soul crushing job. Would you, would you agree on the surface that looks? Oh yeah. The, the, yeah. But were you, if you were never going to leave that soul crushing job because the paycheck was, you know, above average, it was, it was a decent paying job. You, you really didn't enjoy the work, but you knew that if you left that, you'd, you'd be taking a pay cut, but you might go into, you might find something that you really enjoy at, at a lower pay rate, which I think is a step forward for, a, if you can afford it, it's, it's, it's a direction I would suggest people go in, but by you losing your job, th- it looks like misery in the surface, but this is an opportunity to, like, this is what, pe- for a lot of people, they, they don't want to quit a good paying job and then, ha- and then look back and regret they quit that job, you know, because they, they were never able to replace that pay scale and they're, maybe they're drifting from job to job. Like, it, just say it didn't work out like they thought they would. Then they would have all this regret. I, I should have kept that job, even though I didn't like it. At least I, it was a steady paycheck. Well, if that place goes out of business or lays you off permanently, that took the decision out of your hands. So it becomes a launching pad. So that that what looks like misery, I'm saying maybe embrace that as an opportunity to change. And I use a job as an example, but just say you're living in an apartment you don't really like, and all of a sudden you lose your job, you can't pay your rent, and you've got to find another place to live, you've got to find another job. Say you don't even like the city you live in. Like This, this could be an opportunity for you to change a situation that you've been just tolerating for, for who knows how long. And now change has been forced upon you. So this, I'm saying for some people, this is something, it may look like misery on the surface, but it, it's something maybe you should embrace. Using misery as a catalyst for change. That's, that's a, it's a powerful idea. And I think a lot of people are, they're terrified of, of this, this, what, what's like, they don't know what's going to happen next. So, I'm all, I'm with you. I, I'm, I don't know what's gonna happen next either. So I, I'm kind of, I, I think we all share uh, some level of concern, maybe not equal, but a, everyone's concerned with the uncertainty of the future. But if you've been given some certainty, like your, your employer has, has laid you off permanently, or they've gone out of business. If you've been given certainty that you now have a leg up on all the people who are dealing with uncertainty. So that certainty of course, it looks like misery. You've just lost your job. How can you spin that in a positive way? Well, think of all the people that they don't know if they've lost their jobs. They don't know how long they'll be out of work. They're, all they've got is this, this government subsidy that's coming in. They don't know how long it's going to last. So you've been given some certainty. So now you know that you you have to move in another direction. So I, I, I'm just, again, if life could be unicorns and rainbows all day long, of course, we're going to choose that. But given the, the, the situation where you've been living in mediocrity for so long and now change is enforced upon you, you might as well embrace it. So with, with that in mind, and before we get on to actually talking about the roots of where misery really stems from, I want to rewind the conversation to talk about, in your opinion, what is so... I don't want to use the word wrong, but what is so, I'm not, I'll, I'll throw that out, wrong with mediocrity and the fact that what is wrong with riding in this place where 
we don't have to face um, something uncomfortable where we don't have to face those 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 feelings and emotions that we don't kind of we kind of shy away from because again they they are uncomfortable if if we stay in, if we if we work if, if our whole life if everything in our life pretend is categorized as mediocrity is that inherently a bad thing well you're in your your mid 20s you you don't even because you've heard of the thing called the midlife crisis yes yes but this is where you reach a point in your age i'm going to say in your mid 40s and you look back and say, what have I accomplished? And if you look back and you say, gee, I've done the same thing for 25 years and I haven't really enjoyed it or I've just existed for 25 years. I haven't had any accomplishments. I haven't done anything I can be proud of. I haven't left a mark on society or on the world or on, or on anybody. I've just existed for 25 years. I can tell... so. I'm going to say, I didn't do that. I accomplished, I feel I've accomplished things that I'm proud of. I can look back and I don't, I don't have that. So this is the problem with mediocrity is at some point you're going to look back at your, reflect back on your life with regret. And I think that is the inherent problem with mediocrity is, is you will at some point be very disappointed in what you've done. Yeah, I know that 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 makes sense. That makes total and you, sense. You can't see that in your twenties. I, I I know I couldn't. I was okay just existing. I, I'm glad I didn't. I had people in my life that were motivating me, telling me I should do this and I should do that and I should, you know, well, Netflix didn't exist, but I shouldn't just sit and, and watch Netflix or the equivalent of Netflix uh, every night after work. Like I I should try to do things, accomplish things, and and I did. And I look back and I'm I'm glad I did. And, and, you know, when you look back at your accomplishments, you can see how those things were sort of a building blocks for the next thing you did and the next thing you did. And it, it's, again, what I would say, life is in a, this straight line. You connect the dots after the fact. But when I look back and I think, boy, had I not done that, this thing wouldn't happen. And had not, I not done that, this other thing wouldn't have happened. And when you start seeing the things that wouldn't have happened if you just rode in this groove of mediocrity, I look back and say, boy, had I not stepped out of my comfort zone and did those different things, I would, I don't know where I'd be, but I'd probably be fairly disappointed. I love that. So when I was thinking about this episode today, one example popped into my mind, and we've talked about this on the show before, Trevor, you have spoke to this, and I thought it would be perfect to bring this concept up again. And it's the concept that if you like, if you let it, life will happen to you and not for you. And this is in relation to the idea of kind of just wandering aimlessly through life with no direction. And so we talk about having a goals and having a value system. We've kind of did episodes on that in the past. And I, I think in, in a situation like we're in right now, and we're talking about misery versus mediocrity, I think just say you had this really solid plan and in this, this, these goals, I think this is a time when you should be willing to pivot and and be willing to alter those plans. See, if your plan required uh, to go, just say you wanted to retire early and, and you're in your, say you're in your 30s or you're in your late 20s, say you're in your 30s and you wanted to retire by the time you were 50 and then all of a sudden you lost this really good paying job. And just say that whole industry, say you were in the energy sector and that whole industry just tanks for, for five years. 
Well, sticking to that plan, it would it would mean uh, I, I don't know how you would stick to that plan if you couldn't replace that income. So you you have to be willing to pivot in in, in times like this. Hopefully, your plan is not so sensitive that a mild recession is going to take you off your your plan or your goals. But this is this is something. This is I'm going to say is going to be fairly catastrophic before this thing's over. Just a prediction of mine. This is going to be the recession of all recessions, and the recovery is going to be long and painful. I, I think your your plan should be able to withstand a mild recession, but I I wouldn't judge anybody whose their plan couldn't in could not endure a global pandemic. We said this last week. Nobody's going to judge you if you weren't prepared for a global pandemic this time. So I, I think don't drift. Be willing to change your plans or or, or alter your direction. Or, or, or something. Otherwise, you'll be doing this square peg in a round hole, and you'll be miserable, a, a whole other kind of misery, trying to make something work that's unworkable. No, that's that's so true. So, Trevor, I want to jump on now to talking about where misery comes from and where it really stems. So, from this, and I'd love to hear your thoughts on this, I've kind of working out that misery stems from circumstances that are either one of two things. So, misery stems from, from circumstances that relate to perceived inequity or real inequity. And I, I think the problem with looking at it that way is it's you're you're comparing yourself to either society societal norms or somebody you think you're comparable to and given the circum, given the this crisis we're in i i i think nobody's no two people's circumstances like if if there was similarities in the past between you and a a cross section society those are gone i mean there's you you are not, everyone's situation, I think, has become very unique. So if you are dealing with a perceived inequity, meaning you've lost your job and your neighbor hasn't, or you lost your job and one of your coworkers hasn't, I think we are all sort of blazing new trails. So thinking of a perceived inequity, I think, is a is a mistake. But Misery versus mediocrity. I, I think this is more about embracing change. You know, th- this is this is you embracing change rather than measuring how much things have changed. So this perceived inequity or real inequity, rather than measuring how how much things have changed, just say you really liked where you were and you don't like where you are now. Measuring that 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 change is is of no use because we can't go back in time. So it's just embracing that, that something has, life has changed and I'm going to move forward. So it's about not looking back. I really like that perspective because, and, and what you just said, that focuses on not being stuck in that moment where that occurrence of misery happened and it, like you said, it focuses on being able to step out of that and see the light in, in, in darkness. You know, if you were, if you, if you did something that caused you to become in a, in a bad place financially, just say you made a, a series of really bad decisions, you, you bought a house you couldn't afford and you bought a car you couldn't afford and you invested some money that was kind of risky, 
and it all went bad at the same time, then that, that's a different kind of misery than what's going on right now. This is something that's happening to us. We, nobody caused, like nobody here caused this. This is, this is just, like, think of the people that went through, the, the, the people that lived through World War II. And I always think of this, the veterans who got drafted and had to go fight in a war. They had to give up good paying jobs and go fight a war that in another country, like overseas. I can't imagine giving up, uh, you're building this real comfortable life and all of a sudden it was taken away from you. That didn't, those people didn't do something to, to have that happen to them. It just happened to them and they just embraced it and they, they did what they had to do. And a lot of people look back at the World War II generation as one of the, the greatest generation. And I hope our generation deals with this crisis in a similar fashion, with 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 integrity and, and honor, and and it's not a dog eat dog world before it's over. I like that, and so 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 in inclusion for from that, you are saying that regardless if you were dealt a bad a bad set of dealt a bad. Uh, can't in life or whether the situation is outside your control or whether you're simply comparing apples to oranges and in all the senses misery is something that should not be really focused on in in and of itself you know we keep calling it misery i think calling it misery it it feels like that at the at the time like it feels like that right now for a lot of people but i think if you if we were to re, reframe it and say you know life is changing and and we're going to embrace whatever's coming i do, you know we call the episode misery is better than mediocrity but i think i, I i'm kind of not liking using the word misery over and over again because it it's really framing every everything in a negative light. Well, misery in itself has such a negative connotation. It's 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 a word that is not one that is is held in in high regard. And neither is mediocrity. But I, I think maybe a better way to frame this episode is change is better than mediocrity. I like that. Yeah, and 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 that really, like you said earlier, ch- shifts the focus altogether from this this place of discomfort to a place of 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 one that we should embrace. You know, if you're somebody who, who suffers from anxiety, just I I mildly suffer. Yeah, I don't suffer. I I have a mild anxiety. People are generally on the spectrum. It, it goes from depression to anxiety. There's it's a spectrum and. Uh, nobody really lives in the middle. So you're either leaning to the depressed side or the anxious side of the spectrum. So I, I probably lean a little bit to the anxious side, but I know people who are, you know, highly, high, high anxiety people. And they tend to catastrophize situations. They, they in their minds, they're, they're developing uh, solutions to problems that might or might not happen, but they want to be ready for anything that could possibly go wrong, just that that's how they're wired. And I, I think a lot of those people maybe could take comfort in, and uh, I'm thinking a lot of anxious people were never catastrophizing for a global pandemic. And if, if you weren't, just say you, you were never planning or catastrophizing for, for that outcome, and here it is, this should 
this should solve a lot of anxious people's problems, meaning all my catastrophizing, all my planning, all my worrying, I never once uh, worried what would I do in the event of a global pandemic. And so, so sometimes when the worst thing that could possibly happen happens, it kind of minimizes all the other little things that were bothering you in life before. And it kind of takes away uh, the, the pain those things might cause. So in a global pandemic, losing your job might seem not near as terrible as dying from uh, a virus, right? So you might feel like you're, you're a winner because you just lost your job instead of somebody who lost their life. So it's, it, it's kind of a way to put a lot of things into perspective. And, and that is so true when it comes to maybe um, anxiety around personal finance um, and anxiety that we, we may hold in different aspects of that as well. I mean, it, you you can kind of, if you're aiming for early retirement or whatever your personal finance goals are, I mean, worrying about kind of the, the like you said, the, the planning for a pandemic, that's not one that probably ever cropped up in any of our minds. You know, I kind of feel, uh, I kind of don't like talking about money given the, the the current circumstances. We're not we're not in a. I said this last week. We're not in a financial crisis at the moment. We are in a health crisis. We're in a a, a life or death struggle for a lot of people. And talking about money seems kind of like the wrong thing to do given the circumstances. But I, I want, I really want to give people something to think about when, when we do move into the financial crisis. And maybe this is a distraction from the, the health crisis that we're, we're enduring at the moment. And, and a, a way to kind of look ahead at, at how we can handle that situation to come. So I want to move on to the next question that we're bringing light to. And that is, and I'm going to use the word misery. It works in this sense, but why we should embrace misery or that moment in time when we may experience the sense that misery brings about. So there's two um, two reasons why we should embrace kind of that feeling or that moment. Um, and one is because it's a force for change. And we kind of talked about this. So if you're somebody who sort of second guesses all your decisions in life, this is kind of a gift in that if change is imposed on you, you're not going to look back and say should have, would have, could have, or have any regrets, or I wonder how this would have played out differently, or you know, we wouldn't be here today if we didn't do this five years ago. If you're one of those people, you know, and that actually fits the anxious sort of profile. So if if that's actually, I think it fits maybe any profile. But if if you if that's something you do or you've caught yourself doing, this kind of takes that that off the table. You don't have to worry about would have, should have, could have. This has been imposed on you, so you you just have to deal with it. I, I think the important thing in a crisis like this is to not don't look back. Just keep looking forward. Just keep moving forward. The things that have changed, you know, February was a different world. March forward, this is this is new. And it's changing hour by hour, day by day, week by week. It is a, something new every time you wake up. And I, I think people, you know, would be, I, I would talk to friends and family and they were just astonished. Now, 
things change so rapidly, it it's like people are just okay with it. Like it seems if there's one thing we is is a, is a society or humans is we adapt well. That's just how we've become top of the food chain is our adaptability. And if you resist this change that's being imposed on us, you're going to be miserable. So I'm saying in forced change is being forced upon us. Embrace it. And the second way why we should embrace this is kind of this moment of misery or this moment of change is that it brings about a realization and identification of what you do want, which in most cases, the opposite of what you currently may have. So for for this kind of thought, I mean, when if you're working in a job and you were hoping to transition out of that job prior to the current circumstances and you are kind of therefore continuing to stay employed within your job just due to this the employment circumstances right now that's kind of that moment of realization that you know what this this place that i'm in it's not actually it's not actually that bad i'm actually enjoying it or the other way that when you're forced to stay, it, it goes back to the kind of decision fatigue we always talk about. You're always kind of, maybe before this hit, you're, you were left deciding whether you wanted to stay in this position or go to job A or decide to interview, go for an interview for job B. But now when, when you're left with no choices, the, I think the decision becomes more clear than ever of what you want. Well, you're kind of suggesting the decision has been taken away from you and you're you're just going to continue with the status quo? Is that kind of your... Or or the answer becomes more clear than ever. Because in that moment, I, I think that you may be... Even, even if you are unemployed and, and that's your situation, you may... You're going to... That's a strong emotion. Misery is a strong emotion. So... I think whatever you're feeling from that strong emotion should be listened to because, I mean, we talk about mediocrity as, as kind of being in the middle, as being kind of complacent or not driven by anything too strong. You're just, you're just there and you're existing. But when you feel that, I think that sense of misery, that strong emotion, you're like, I don't, I don't want to be in this, in this role of employment, or I don't like my current situation of where I live. Then that I think is that catalyst for change and an identification of what you do want and where you do want to go to. But I, I don't think this is a, uh, this would be you making a choice rather than to be imposed upon you. Correct. Yeah. Maybe, maybe a way of looking at this is just say you were working a job and you, you thought you didn't like it. And all of a sudden everybody, you know, has been laid off and they're out of work and they're not getting paid and you still have a job. All of a sudden that, you know, soul crushing job all of a sudden doesn't seem so bad. Is that, that's a way of looking at it. Yes. Yes, Exactly. It's, it's that moment, that strong emotion that kind of identifies what is important to you, what does matter. And, and really, it, like you said earlier, it gives you that change and shift in perspective. So it's maybe a way of reframing your current situation in that you maybe you didn't like it and all of a sudden it looks pretty darn appealing. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So I, I, I personally think this can go one way or the other. The key underlying point to to this point is just that the element of a strong emotion and that it's one that we should i think harness and listen to 
So I kind of like that. It, just say, just say you you own your house, you and you have a job, and you don't really like your house, and you don't really like your job. All of a sudden, everybody you know is unemployed, and they're they they're, they can't pay their mortgage. All of a sudden, your situation looks pretty rosy. Like that, that is an uh, a way of sort of maybe changing your perspective on on everything. Yeah. Or, or I'm going to take that example and flip it on its head. You don't like your job and you don't like your house. And if that's your specific example, then when the kind of the tides clear from the current circumstances or the situation right now, you know, then without a doubt what your next move is going to be when the market, the housing market maybe stabilizes, you know what you're going to do. You're downsizing. You are putting your priorities in line because maybe, maybe you ended up with this massive house and this job you don't really like, and just because it was convenient, and and you were okay in that moment with mediocrity. But now, but now, when 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 things have cleared, when we're kind of um, turning the lights back on, you are, I think, going to be driven, so driven to change your circumstances, change your situation because of maybe in a moment of misery. And I mean, we can probably experience misery at any point. It, we, I mean, some of us maybe experience misery now due to the circumstances, but at any time that we do experience misery, that right there is a catalyst for change. But maybe, maybe, just maybe, just say you're, you're in a soul-crushing job and all of a sudden everyone's losing their job and you're not, and all of a sudden you love your job. You... You don't like your job when there's other job opportunities to be had, but when there's no other jobs to be had, you love your job. So that's a trap, possibly. Possibly, yeah, it is. I think, I mean, this, I think this reason behind um, embracing misery should be used with a grain of salt. And And when, when the housing market is completely dried up and there isn't a buyer to be found, you, you all of a sudden, you love your house. You're not so interested in selling it. And then when the you know the real estate market flips and it's a it's a seller's market, all of a sudden you don't like your house. So I, I think don't I I think the the cautionary tale here is don't fall into a false sense of it's okay when really you're just adapting. Yes, definitely, definitely. So I, I want to move on now to talking about how we can actually go about embracing misery. So using those those feeling, that moment as a place to uh, create change. So I call this the four R's and sorry, the three R's, recognize, realize, and respond. So go through them. First is recognize. So recognize the associated feelings and thought patterns in the situation, environment, or circumstances you're in. I think that's step number one, just recognize where you are and how you're feeling about it. And I think a lot of people, you know, in a panicked situation where I've lost my job, I can't pay my mortgage, I, I think people will, you know, in error, rush through this and not stop and recognize what's going on. They, they will just react. And I think it's, it's important to, when misery dawns your doorstep, to pause, observe what's going on, and ob- observe that you're not panicking. I mean, okay, we're, we're a money podcast. So if you're being chased by a bear, you should panic. Without question, you should panic. 
in fact, I think that's the only thing you should do is panic. The panic will drive you to run as fast as you can or climb up a tree or do something that you normally wouldn't do. Panic has a purpose. But in, in a situation that we're in right now, panic does not serve you at all. And recognize and observe the feelings that, that, you're, you're, that are going on when, when something negative happens in your life and let them pass. Observe them, uh, observe the feelings, maybe talk to somebody about how you feel and then let it pass and then make a, a strategy or a decision. But panic does not serve you well. And I think by not stopping to recognize and embrace the feelings that you're having given a, a very unfortunate event like a job loss, you will, you'll end up panic, making panic-like decisions. I, I, first of all, I agree wholeheartedly with what you said there, but I think also during a time like this, the, the reaction, the reactionary response is very normalized. I think the whole, the climate right now is built around panic and fear and really making very quick decisions um, that are maybe driven by emotion. So I think with everything that you said, recognize, just stopping and just recognizing is, is, is really key from, from that standpoint and, and not acting in a place of fear or, or panic. The next um, step to how to embrace misery after recognize is then realize. And this really is rooted in understanding why you're feeling these unpleasant, strong emotions in relation to any external or internal circumstances that may be an influencing factor for you. And I think this is really just categorizing all the things that are happening to you. This is how I would approach it. I would, so I lost my job. I would start to categorize the impact of that. So first I'd recognize how it makes me feel and in the negative emotions and, and let that pass. And then I start to realize what's currently going to unfold in front of me, like not catastrophize about it, but just understand the possible outcomes given a job loss is the example I'm using. You know, these are the things that are going to happen to me um, if I don't do anything. And that's how I'd approach it. If if I don't do anything given this job loss, if I if I don't cut my expenses, if I don't find another source of income, if I just sat here, this realize what would happen to me given the circumstances that have been dealt to me, if I didn't do anything. And then once you go from a do nothing standpoint, where if I if I did nothing, this is this would be the outcome. Then you can start to add in actions, and and start to see how they improve your situation or add risk to your situation. But start from a do nothing standpoint and understand how that would play out. And not in a catastrophizing way, in a, in a very logic, methodical way, just it, a do nothing. Because sometimes doing nothing in certain circumstances is the right thing to do. And action sometimes can work against you. So work from the neutral position of doing nothing given the circumstances have been dealt to you. And I think it, it's very calming. I, I have done this in the past. It's worked remarkably for me. I really, I really like the emphasis on do nothing because sometimes in, in other circumstances, doing nothing may make us feel powerless to our situation or that we're not doing something to evoke change, which I'll talk about in our the next section. But I, I do agree with you. I think that that is key is, is realizing what your next step should be. And it really takes the emotion out of it if you do it that way. So the, the do nothing 
you know, play that out, not, not too far into the future because given our circumstances, it's changing so much, but just do nothing in maybe a 30 day window and then start to act on, on, and what you end up doing is you take the emotion, you take a lot of the emotion out of the decision-making. So the third uh, way that we should embrace misery, so we go through recognize, realize, and finally, we're going to respond. And this kind of reaches back into what you're saying, Trevor, but in the respond stage, we're going to harness our unpleasant, strong emotions to evoke change. And I think at this point, it's, it's okay to feel misery, but it's what we do with that feeling that truly matters. Well, and you know, to, to say, to take all the emotion out of this would be, you know, unrealistic. There's going to be an emotional component to a, a, a traumatic event happening to you and, and then the decisions you're going to make going forward. There's going to be emotion there, but don't let the emotion be the driving force of your decision making. Acknowledge that you you have an emotional feeling given the circumstances. It's I keep going back to job loss because for most people, that's going to be the most traumatic thing in the short term. Not, you know, of course, for not giving a health concern, but we're a money podcast. So if you were to lose your job, then take try to take as much emotion out of that. Acknowledge the emotions you're feeling. Obviously, you got fear, you got maybe anger, you got uh, everything misery brings. But then start to... The best friend, the best friend you have is is a, a a healthy dose of emotion and logic in, in responding to an an event that happens to you. Yes, definitely. So that brings us to the end of today's show, uh, where we talked about misery is better than mediocrity. We moved through talking about what is misery and describing what that what that looks like. We talked about where misery actually comes from and the circumstances that it stems from. We moved on to talking about why we should embrace misery. And finally, as we just talked about, we talked about how to actually go about embracing that misery. Uh, everything we talked about will be in the show notes. You can refer back to it after. And again, as we mentioned in the beginning of the show, we want to hear from you and what is what what issues and topics are of interest right now given the circumstances that are ever changing thank you so much for being here with us today on another episode of simple money solutions podcast we can't wait to hear from you and we can't wait to have you with us next week for a brand new episode until then keep it simple